But I'm really excited about what I'm going to share with you guys today um, because I think it is going to be really helpful. We're sort of coming to the end. We've been in this uh, quote series on Matthew, in Matthew. I don't know if you've noticed, we've been talking out of Matthew pretty much every Sunday this summer. Um, And so we're nearing the end of that. This may be the end. We'll see what God says. But today we're going to talk about Matthew 11, 28 through 30, which is a verse all of you guys are probably really familiar with. We're going to put it up on the screen. And it says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, which is the next part. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, which is a great verse of encouragement, right? And I want to really break it down today and kind of get into what does it mean to be weary? What does it look like when you are weary and heavy burdened? And then what do we do about that? I love this verse because in this verse, Jesus is giving you a promise. So anytime you're reading your Bible, when you come to a promise like this, it's a good idea to like put a star, underline it, mark it somehow, because when Jesus gives a promise, that's something you can hold on to for you. It's a powerful thing. So when he says, uh, take my yoke upon you and I will give you rest, well, I mix that back a little bit. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. That I will give you rest is a promise from him. When you are weary, when you feel burdened, come into my presence, and I will give you what you need. I love it. So what is weariness? We're going to define weariness. You can put that up there. It's defined by a feeling or a showing of tiredness as a result of excessive exertion. Now, what I think about weariness is often, mostly, it's spiritual, right? You can be tired and you can take a nap because that fixes when you're tired. But when you're weary, taking a nap, sleeping doesn't change your state. It's excessive exertion, mostly mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. I really believe, you can go to the next one, that uh, weariness starts spiritual. Go back. It starts spiritual, and then it bleeds into your emotions, and then eventually gets into your physical state right? So you can be weary spiritually and not really know, but eventually your emotions are going to catch up. You're going to start to feel frustrated, short, annoyed at different things. And then eventually your physical body is going to start lagging because, you know, you're weary. But if you can stop when at any point of those, let's say you're in a physical stage, you can stop and go, okay, if I'm sleeping and I'm eating right and I'm not getting any better, let's go up a step, right? Is there something wrong in my emotional realm? Okay, if I'm dealing with that and I can't figure it out, then take it even a step further. Spiritually, how am I really doing? Jesus promises that he's going to give you rest. I love how it says, for I am gentle and humble in heart. This is not passive Jesus. I think a lot of times we have a tendency to look at Jesus as like, he's so gentle, he's meek and mild, he's like a pushover. I mean, I don't think any of us would really consider logically Jesus was a pushover. But when we read, for I am gentle and humble in heart, sometimes you can think, well, what does that look like? But I I really believe in what's happening here in the Greek when it says gentle, that's referencing a wild stallion which has been broken and has a bit in its mouth. That's a pretty cool word for gentle, right? There's a submission. There's a strong 
powerful submission that Jesus is actually referencing when he says, come to me for I am gentle and I'm humble. He's confident under authority. John 5, 19 says, uh, Jesus only did what he saw the father doing, right? We're familiar with that verse. And so he's fully submitted. So when he's saying, you can come to me because I am fully capable of helping you out of whatever you need, helping you with whatever's going on in your life. So the question that we have to ask ourselves is, do you believe that he can and he will give you rest? When you're in, I don't know if any of you guys are in a season like this right now, but when you're in a season where you feel really weary or you feel really burdened, it's like you've been doing the same thing day after day and it's it's just tiresome, right? And we have to ask ourselves, do I really believe, Jesus, that if I come to you, I will leave feeling refreshed? I will leave feeling like rest is in my soul. You know, our burdens often accumulate over time, right? If you have a whole, the weight of the world on your shoulders, it's most likely you didn't wake up today. Yesterday you had no burdens. Today all of a sudden you have the weight of the world. We wouldn't be able to hold that, right? It's a day after day kind of thing where one burden comes in. We don't really deal with it. We just kind of store it in our bag. A couple of days later, maybe another one comes in. Maybe a lifetime goes by, and now we have this really heavy weight on our shoulders. And I want to tell you this um, awesome story of, you can go to Milo of Croton. I don't know if that, that's how you say it, but this is a, a fable from southern Italy 2,500 years ago. This guy was one of the world's best athletes. He won the Greek Olympics um, like six times or something like that. There's like a, like a triple crown type race, type contest in ancient Greek at that time, and he won all of those races five different times. He was like a legend known, and he's still known today. One of the things he attributed his strength to was carrying a calf every day. So when he uh, was wanting to gain strength, he found a a little calf in a yard, a, a cow, and he asked the person if he could borrow it and carry it on his shoulders. And every day he would go back and carry this cow to the point where when the cow was a four year old bull, four-year-old bull, which some farmers estimate is around 2,000 pounds. The fable says that Milo of Croton could carry that four-year-old bull on his shoulders. Could he have stopped and just lifted it up one day? Like, uh, let's say he just decided, I want to carry a four-year-old bull and try to just lift it up. No. The only way he could do it was carrying it day by day as that burden grew and his shoulders grew under the weight of it. Years later, sometime in the last hundred years, this man, H.E. Mann, Robert Edward H.E. Mann, it's hard to know his exact name, but he was from Tennessee, and he decided he wanted to do the same thing. And so he borrowed a little 35-pound calf at a farm, and he carried it every day. After a year, that calf was 500 pounds, and he still would put it on his back every day until it became 800 pounds is where he tapped out. And he could walk 60 yards with this 800-pound calf cow on his back. This is crazy, right? I'm like, I have no interest in ever even putting the 35 pound calf on my back. But there's a reality here and a principle that sometimes we don't realize the weight that we're carrying. Sometimes we don't understand how long we've been carrying it and what it's doing to your physical body because we've just been doing it day after day. And you'd be surprised how much you can carry day after day. I think Milo was probably pretty surprised that he could carry a nearly 2,000-pound calf, but his perseverance led him to do that. So when we're not paying attention to our weariness, our weariness ended up waging war on our hope, right? That's one of the biggest dangers of being weary. And I think that's why Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest, because hope is essential, 
If like, if love is the currency of heaven, hope is the wallet that holds the currency, right? You have to have hope because otherwise our full view of the world is so skewed. But the danger is that when we are weary, we start to be hopeless because we don't see a way out. We've tried the nap. We've tried the binge watching our new show on Netflix. We've tried raiding the pantry. We've tried all these different things, right? And we do that. We reach out for comforts because subconsciously we know something's not right, but I need to fix that. So we start reaching out for worldly things, trying to fix it when Jesus's promise is you can't actually get this fixed apart from me. When you're at this point where you've been toiling and laboring and you're tired and you're just done, just exhausted, the only answer for you is Jesus coming into his presence and receiving his rest. So how do we actually do that? I mean, I know that's a really nice thing to say, but on a really practical level, that's what I want to do this morning is just get really, really practical. Let's talk about how much are you carrying on your weight and then what do you do with it? How do you unload that? The first thing I think is really important to do is to stay in hope. I want to read to you Romans 12, 12 out of the message. I love the way it's written here. It says, don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. I love the way it says this because there's a a reality here where it's actually our job to fuel ourselves right? Jesus says, come to me. He doesn't say, when you're weary, I will come to you and I will fix you. He says, no, you have to do something to come into my presence so that I can give you what you need, right? There's a a tandem uh, action and reaction that happens in this. And this is what Romans is saying. Be alert, be cheerfully expectant, keep yourselves fueled and aflame. There's a... um, I, for a long time, really thought it's Jesus's job, because he's the author and perfecter of our faith, that it's his job to fix me whenever something is going wrong, right? Or if I'm frustrated with God about something, it's his job to fix that. But there's, there are times where God will do that, but most of the time, this is our reality. It's that it's our job to go, what am I carrying here, and what do I need to unload? The other thing we can do, we find in 1 Peter 5, 7, this is in the Amplified It says, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all. That's a pretty comprehensive statement. Cast them all on him, for he cares about you with deepest affection, and he watches over you very carefully. I love this. Okay, so this verse, cast, this statement, it means literally throw upon. If you are carrying anything anxieties, worries, concerns, anything would, you know, pretty much all the weight would categorize into that. Cast it, throw it onto the Lord. Psalms 55, 22. Again, he says, cast your burden on the Lord, release it, and he will sustain and uphold you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken, slip, fall, or fail. Here, that word cast means literally throw out, and it also means to hurl. So there's an action that God is, is inviting you into. Get rid of it. If you have it, get rid of it. It's not helpful for you. It's kind of like if you've seen the action movies where somebody throws a grenade in, you know, and the person sees it, and there's that like two seconds before it explodes, and they're trying to figure out what they're going to do. And sometimes when they're really quick, they grab their grenade and they throw it back out. That's the picture in my mind of what do you do when you start to feel burdened. The sneaky thing about it is that the weariness and the burdens, they are like this day-by-day thing that if you're not using your discernment and looking through heaven's eyes, you can miss what you're carrying. 
you can end up being Milo of Croton, <laughs> carrying a 2,000-pound a burden on your back because it, it accumulated day after day. So our job is to unload it onto God. So I want to show you guys something. I brought my burden basket with me. And I'm actually going to give you at the end of this a paper that has a lot of these on here. But let's just say for a moment that this basket represents our brain, okay? It represents our, our, our person. So our spirit man isn't the part of us that gets burdened. It's our brain. It's our human form that, that gets weighed down by the world, right? And part of the way that we rise above and let it go and what's happening when we come to Jesus is we're exchanging what's happening in the fleshly human realm with what should be happening with our spirit. Does that make sense? So we're coming into the presence of God and we're saying, Jesus, bring my spirit man to the forefront of making the decisions for me because I've been burdened by something that's out of line with who you are. So I have a bunch of different things we can be weighed down by. One of them is we can be weighed down by unforgiveness, right? We can be really good at forgiving and still be struggling with unforgiveness. <laughs> Every once in a while, I'll have to look at myself and go, yep, ultimately I'm just mad because I really don't. I have forgiven that person by saying the words, but in my heart, I really haven't done it. We can be burdened by worry, anxiety, or fear, and or fear. We can drop that into our burden brain. We can feel solely responsible for our life. This is a big one. Do you feel like it's your job to take care of your life? Are you weighed down by debt? It's another thing. We can be burdened by disappointment. It's a very real threat to your health in Jesus. We can be burdened by sorrow and grief. We can be burdened by the weight of people's expectations. What are you trying to do for someone else that maybe God's not telling you to do? How about focusing too much on your sin, guilt, and shame? It's been paid for. Our focus doesn't go on that. Our focus goes on Jesus. How about being burdened by false responsibilities for my family or for yourself? If I start to see myself as the God my kids need, I become not a very good mom, right? I have to see myself as the vessel that God wants to use, flaws and all, so that I can be in the right place. How about trying to please myself and others and not God? That will get you nowhere fast. Trying to be good and righteous with my own behavior. Okay, these are all things we think. So look at how many burdens we're accumulating in our little basket. How about trying to cover up my inadequacies? I don't want to be vulnerable because I don't want anybody to see what I'm really like. That's a hard one to carry. Trying to maintain control. This is a really heavy burden. We could probably put 10 in the place of just this one. Trying to keep up pretenses about who I am. Comparing myself to others. Trying to meet other people's expectations instead of God. We've had another one like that. How about trying to create my own self-image? Are you tired just listening to these so far? I am. How about trying to find significance in my achievements? We have a saying in my house, burn, first, second, or third degree, depending on how bad it hurt. Trying to be somebody else. It's okay to have heroes. It's okay to have people, role models we look up to. But when I'm trying to be somebody that I'm not, that's a lot of weight that starts being carried. Trying to protect myself. Trying to survive on my own strength. And seeing myself as my provider. 
When we let these burdens accumulate, and there are more, we know that. There's probably other ones that are coming to your mind right now. When we let these burdens accumulate, our little basket gets heavier and heavier. And these are things that, these are not things that you just woke up today thinking, right? These are things over a lifetime that didn't get resolved, that got snagged to you, that started weighing you down. So if you're feeling weary, it's helpful to go, I'm going to give you guys all these things I just read. It's a front and back page. And this week, uh, in your time with the Lord, or tuck it in your Bible for when you start to feel weary, take some time to go through it. It says, ask, when I, what, what do I do when I feel weary? Ask Jesus to show me if I am, and go down the list. Jesus, am I trying to survive and cope with life myself? Or am I really surrendered to you? And if it pings in your heart, well, yeah, actually, I am trying to do that, right? That doesn't mean you're a failure. It doesn't mean that you're not a mature son or daughter of God. It just means there's a burden that's come in that needs to be addressed. There's a thing here where, you know, sometimes sometimes Jesus wants to take a little bit of time when we come to him to get that rest. He wants to take a little bit of time. He wants to reach in your burden basket. He wants to pull one out, and he wants to f- focus on it burdened by sorrow and grief. And he wants to show you something about that, right? He wants to show you the things that are weighing you down. I have feelings about that too. I remember different moments in my life where I've really been grieving something. And and one specific encounter I had with the Lord, I was driving down the road and I was feeling really sad about this situation. And God said to me, I don't think you realize how sad it made me. Well, God, I didn't really think it made you sad because you're God and you're always happy, right? And he said, of course, I'm always happy, but I knew what this was going to cost you. And he said, don't underestimate what it cost me to have to watch you go through this situation. Sometimes he'll pull out another one. And I want to highlight something. Thank you. Trying to survive on my own strength. And he wants to go, you know what? You feel like it's your job to keep everything together. But I'm the one who gives you strength. And if you come to me, I will give you rest to where you don't have to hold it all together. You tracking with me? So what does that look like? Grant, will you come be my Jesus? Stand over here. All right. So let me show you what it looks like when we put this, just stand like two feet to the right, when we put this into play, okay? So let's go back to our verse that we started with at the beginning. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavily burdened. We're weighed down by all this stuff. And he says, I will give you rest. Cast, so take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. How do we do that? We go back to that First Peter 5, 7. We cast all our cares, all our anxieties, all our worries, and all our concerns once and for all on him. And what does that mean? To literally throw, right? Here it comes, Jesus. And now I don't have any burdens. Is it going to come where one of those burdens might try to sneak back up on me? Sure. That's life, right? But I stop and I address it and I go, oh, wow, I've taken this back. I've gone and taken this back from you, Jesus, and I've put it in my basket again. And now all I need to do is just throw it back at you, right? There is this this thing where we want to sit in our weariness. We want to sit and have like a little pity party. And those of you that know me well, I mean, I consider myself sort of the, the prom queen of pity parties. 
And I have gone to my fair share of them, and I have orchestrated them to, you know, Pinterest worthiness, where it's like, it's beautiful, right? And I mean, if you struggle with this, you know, because there's just moments where it's like, all I want to do is just feel bad about myself. I just want to feel bad about my life because I don't know if I'm going to get help, and it just feels better to kind of not do anything and not try, right? But even that is a burden. Even self-pity is a burden that we put on ourselves. And the only way out of it is to go to the Lord and say, what do you want to do about this? So I'm coming to you, Jesus, and I'm coming to this gentle and humble son of God that is like a wild stallion who's been broken and has this bit in his mouth, and he's just waiting for directions from his master of what to do. And so Jesus is waiting there to do whatever you need that God has decided for you right? That the father is telling him, do this for her. But he's not going to overstep his boundaries. If I want to keep my burden basket full, he will let me. Why? How do I know this? Because he says, come to me. If I see your burden basket full, I'm not necessarily coming to you. Why, God? That's so unfair. (laughs) That's just what he said, right? And I don't think he meant it to be unfair. It's just how it works. And so when we come to him, we can unload, we can throw. One of the translations of the Greek says we can uh, hurl, like I said. Throw those burdens off and get them off of us. So what's in your burden basket? And how are you really doing? And do you believe there is a way to live where you can live free of all of these cares? I mean, you have to kind of, that's where it starts, right? We're believers because we believe something. It might be a good thing. It might not be a good thing. And I've had, I was really struck. I found this list actually um, online yesterday from another website. And I was looking through things and I thought, yeah, this is really good for me to go through and say, what, you know, what of these things am I doing that I've let back in? I don't want to do these things, clearly, but maybe I am. And so if I am, Lord, highlight them to me and show me. So that's what I want to do to end our time. I've purposely left a little bit of extra time here um, where we're going to pass these out. Will you pass these out? Um, and when you get this list, you know, you don't have to mark it if you, or you can if you want to. But we're just going to turn on some music and take just a few minutes before we have, um, if you need prayer, we'll do that as well. But I want to just take a second for you to just glance over this list and look at it and say, Jesus, is there something? that I'm doing on this list that I need to give over to you. Because I want you to leave lighter than when you came in. I want you to leave less burdened than when you woke up this morning. So I'm going to pray. Grant's going to turn on a little bit of music. We thank you, Jesus, that we can come to you and you will give us rest. I thank you, Lord that we can cast our cares, our anxieties, our worries, our burdens on you, and that you take them and you deal with them. So this morning, Lord, I just ask you to illuminate which of these things we need to surrender back to you this morning and help us to have the courage to do so. In Jesus' name. So again, I just want to encourage you to take some time this week, set aside some time to really go through this prayerfully and take a long time and You know, there's times in my life where I've had to go one by one in situations like this and and write what is the truth that God wants to speak in this place. If I've been carrying a burden, one of these on this list for a long time, for decades, then I need God to tell me what do I carry in its place and how do I do that. And there's, I just want to highlight 
in this verse in Matthew 11, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And there is a reality where when we do what God says, even though at the beginning it might be hard, that is the easier way. That is the way to live a life free of these burdens is by getting into the right way with God. So if, as you're reading through these things too, if there's something that's standing out and you're like, man, you know, like uh, the big ones that God was highlighting to me was he is our provider. But there's times where we feel the weight of provision on our own shoulders. He is our protector. But there's times where I feel like I have to protect myself. I have to put distance in relationships. I have to close in. I don't want to share things. And that's boundaries are good. Boundaries are of God. But am I really putting the bulk of the weight of my protection on myself? Or am I trusting that God is big enough to protect me? And as we take his yoke upon us, as we learn the way Jesus tells us to do it, it begins to be so easy and natural to come into that place of rest with him. So if it's difficult for you at the front end, don't give up. Don't quit. Keep going because you will, it will make its way straight for you. And I wanted to share one more story with you. A few years ago, Grant and I were in this interesting situation where this person had said some really mean things about us um, that were not true. And um, it was like, what do you do about that? You know, like, do you go tell everybody that they were lying? Or do you, you know, how, like, how do you deal with that situation? And we were um, youth pastors at the time. And um, it wasn't like an illegal thing. It was just they just said some rude things. And uh, we both were like, wow, we, there was this instinct to want to defend ourselves you know, because that's natural. I wanted to go tell the person they told, they're so wrong, and, and then in turn, badmouth them for badmouthing me, even though I'm like in the name of defending my own honor or whatever. And we started learning what does it look like to sit with Jesus in a place of rest, even when everything around you is turbulent and chaotic. Because there is a way, Jesus has issued, issued this promise to you, there is a way where we can sit with him even though all of life is, like, insane. And the way that we learned it was by consistently all through the day coming back into that place of rest. I can remember one, one example in this, you know, it's about a four-day time period, maybe longer, but one example, we were making dinner, and the conversation drifted to the frustration about this situation. And we both had to stop and go, you know what, Jesus? I trust you to be my defender. I trust you to, to make what's right happen in this situation. And I come back into a place of rest in you. And even though I might have been, oh, I come back into a place of rest, right? I didn't feel like I wanted to lounge on a pool float. It was like, I am making the choice to come back into rest because that's what your word says. And I believe your yoke is the right yoke, right? I believe your way of doing this is the right way. And then about 10 minutes later, the conversation drifted again to how frustrating that situation was. And we had to stop again and say, Lord, <laughs> this is not easy. We come back into this place of rest. We come back. You can picture it like a seat, like I'm sitting on your lap, God. I got up and I wandered away and now I'm coming back and I'm sitting on your lap because you are good. You are my defender, whatever the situation is. And then we had to do it again three times in a 30-minute window. And I kind of thought to myself, we are failing at this whole rest thing. But what happened was that was the beginning of God teaching us how to, whenever it feels chaotic and something is off and we're burdened by something not from God, to come back into that place and sit with him. Because when we come to Jesus and we take his yoke, good things happen. 
life becomes easy. It doesn't always fix the problem, but our spirit comes alive in that place. What ended up happening in this situation was about two weeks later, the, um, our pastor, who, was, who I really wanted to defend myself to, was like at the grocery store and somebody random came up to them and started saying, oh, you know, Grant and Rachel, da, da, da. And it was the exact opposite of what this person had said. And that happened four times in a week. Four random encounters with different people who knew the truth about the situation that on their own just happened to bring up how, you know, and vindicated ourselves in the matter to where everybody had to come back and basically say, I'm sorry, we believed the wrong thing. And it was an interesting situation because if I had been my defender, I probably would have stored up more chaos, stirred up more chaos than needed to be. But because we chose to sit and rest and trust that God is our defender, he rose up people around to fix that for us. So I just was reminded of that story as we were sitting and waiting because this is something that we have to practice sometimes and we have to actually, it's like we have to, if you want to picture it this way, I let myself out of your yoke, Jesus, and I'm the bull pulling the cart all over the field. (laughs) And I'm not really plowing because I'm just running all over, right? And I'm going to come back and I'm going to resubmit myself and and lock myself back up to your ways. I'm going to take your yoke upon me, and I'm going to trust you in this place. And 10 minutes later, if you find yourself back out wild stallion in the field, just do it again until it becomes a habit to where now when I start to feel burdened, I know what I need to do. I, I know. I may not be able to do it right then. You know, it may not be feasible at 11.30 a.m. To, to get some time away with the Lord and get into his presence. But I know by the end of the day, that's what I got to do. Turn the TV off, put my phone down, and come to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm here. I'm weighed down by this or that. And I'm giving that to you. So that's my challenge to you this week. Begin to practice that. Let this become a part of your life because it will revolutionize you. So I'm going to pray for you. If you need prayer, um, I'll be sitting up here so you can come. I'd love to pray for you about this. Um, If anybody else wants to pray for people, you can come up here too. So Lord, again, we just thank you. And I bless every person in this room to find it easy to take your yoke upon them. And any place where there's wrestling and there's just frustration with um, having to deal with the burdens of life, Lord, I ask that, that there would be so much courage to take that step into your presence. And I just proclaim over everybody here, as you say in your word, that, tho- that those who seek you will find you. There's that promise that we will find you. So Lord, in our seeking, Let your presence be found. In our coming to you, let your rest be readily available. In Jesus' name, amen.